Thanks for joining us for today's sermon. We are always so encouraged to hear how God is working in your life. If the messages of this church have touched you in some way, please share that with us by clicking on the contact tab at lifesc.org to send us an email. And if you would like to give to this ministry, you can do so online to help us bring messages just like this one to you each week. It is our prayer that God blesses you through this message today. I want to talk to you for a little while about Give Them Jesus. And uh, I think it's going to be blessed of the Lord. I'm, I'm, I'm looking today to see God move in a way that makes us committed to Him, that we remove any for sale signs in our life because we're sold out to Jesus. That's my goal today. And so let's go to the word of the Lord. If you would, John 21 and 15, I will be quick today. Um, they say the best preacher is the one that wraps up before kickoff. <laughs> I got all day. They don't even start till late. How many know the Packers are going to win today? Oh, some Viking fans. Oh, man, I really just messed up. The Holy Ghost just left. God, come on back. We'll stop talking about football. Hallelujah. John 21 and 15, we're going to start there. After breakfast, Jesus asked Simon Peter, probably the greatest question he'd ever ask him. Simon, son of John, do you agape me? Do you love me more than these? And he said, yes, Lord. This is Simon Peter we're talking about, the one who preached the first Pentecostal message to the church. He, he would be the, the amazing voice of the early church. He said, yes, Lord, you know I love you. Then feed my lambs, Jesus told him. Those two loves may seem like they're the same, but they're not. God asked him, God asked Peter, do you agape me? Which is God's kind of love. A love that loves without strings attached. A love that loves whenever it's undeserved. And he said, yes, Lord, you know I filio you, which is brotherly love. It's not the same love. And because he got it wrong, Jesus' reply was, keep serving. Keep serving people until you find out how to love like God loves. That's what he said. So I want to talk to you for a little while today, not very long, on give them Jesus. Jesus, we just ask you to touch the hearing, reading, and the word that we go through today. We pray your word would embed itself deep in our hearts and we would live stronger lives for you because of it. In Jesus' name, and everybody said amen. You may be seated. If you don't know, I grew up in Alaska, and we were out snowboarding on the side of a hill, didn't know what we were doing, obviously, in an area that was very unsafe because there was a lot of moose. And if you don't know, moose can be very territorial when they have little ones. We were about, I'd say, three and a half, maybe four acres away from a moose that came out of the tree line. We were all sledding, snowboarding, just having fun. And I was in charge of about five kids. It, it, was, it was pastor's family, so if we lost a few of them, they were going to heaven. It was going to be okay. 
they, they go to church a lot, so we're good. And this moose came out of the woods all the way across the field, and I was like, that's no problem. And then out came baby moose. And as soon as the baby moose got in the clearing, mama moose decided we were a threat three and a half acres away. And she started storming across the field, just a white cloud, and I knew she was coming. So I scooped up as many kids as I could, and I started up the hill. Well, the oldest son of the pastor was not as, let's say educated, let's go with that, as uh, others as to the danger of a mother moose that is coming after people. So he decided to play hopscotch around a bunch of bales of hay with this moose. This moose would chase him around one side, he'd climb over the other side. Moose would run around the other side, he'd climb over the other side. Basically looked like he was climbing over big frosted wheats. Have you ever seen those? Those round bales of hay with snow on top? Yeah, let General Mills know that they're frosted flakes or their frosted mini wheats crop is due because he was just climbing back and forth and all of these kids are just crying because they knew for sure their brother wasn't going to make it and I finally just turned to all of them and I said Jesus is going to protect him Jesus is going to protect him I didn't even know what I was saying because I was just hoping that he was safe because I couldn't see him at this point we had run all the way up the hill and for some reason, as soon as I said that, I thought, I need to pray. And as soon as I said the name of Jesus, that moose just decided to walk off. It was angry, upset. It was after him. It chased him over the bale, the bales of hay a couple times. And then all of a sudden, it just decided, you're no longer a threat. And we got to share with those young kids that day that Jesus is their protection. That whenever you give yourself to the Lord, he not only guides you and saves you, but he also protects you and keeps you. And from that day forward, they didn't understand it. But they knew that whenever you call on the name of Jesus, there's something that happens. There's power in the name of Jesus. I remember swerving off of a one-lane bridge, headed back to Alaska with my mother, told my dad who offered for me. This is not just personal stories. I'll get to the word in just a minute. But my, my mother had offered for me to go back to Alaska with her because their, my mother's marriage had fallen apart and she was headed back to Alaska because that's where my grandparents were. And I remember my dad saying, son, I got a nice room for you. Well, you'll have a nice life down here in Texas. My grandparents had all of the things that you would want to have for money and will take care of you and never lack and all of that. And I remember being impressed that I needed to go with my mother to Alaska. And we were headed to Alaska down the Can Canadian Highway. And she came off of a bridge that was slippery. And it was like a one-lane wood bridge. And we started to go off the road. And she swerved. And we went off the road the other side and we we turned over and threw all of our stuff into this field and I remember that just a few just a few miles before my mother got tapped on the shoulder by an impression of God and said get Wesley out of the floorboard because he was sleeping in the floorboard of the truck and you sit up because I was sleeping on the bench seat that was there and I want you guys to get in your seatbelt. She didn't know what was coming next. She didn't know what was going on but she knew that God had warned her. God had pricked her. God said she said I feel something that we need to get into our seatbelts. 
This isn't a day where we didn't wear seatbelts the whole time. Anybody survived through that? You know, you went rollerblading without knee pads and you went biking without a helmet. Remember those days? Oh, they were so dangerous, weren't they? But we managed to get our way through to Alaska. And what happened was when she told us to get up and get in our seatbelts, it wasn't but several miles down that we turned on our side. And I looked up and my mom was hanging from her seatbelt and my son was right, or my brother was right above me. And then we turned back down and the whole time we were going, if we had turned over, that truck would have crushed us. But whenever we went off the road, all I could hear was my mother going, Jesus, Jesus. She was calling on the name of the Lord. She said she let go of the steering wheel because she didn't know what to do. And somehow, some way, we only had enough inertia to stand up, throw all the contents out of the back and go back down. Neither one of us was harmed. And in fact, the cat survived it in the car. (laughs) And the beautiful thing was from that story, we lost the truck, we lost the camper, I was a 12-year-old boy, and I lost my bike. How tragic was that for a 12-year-old boy? But I realized out of all of that that there's something most powerful in, in the name of Jesus. There's something that takes place when you have no place else to go. You have nothing else you can do. Your education has failed you. Your experience has failed you. When you get to that moment and you find yourself at the end of your road of any Anything that you can do on your own strength, if you just call on the name of Jesus, something happens, something powerful takes place. And I can't explain it and I can't reason it, but it happened. And God spared us that day because in that truck was two preachers, amen? Two boys that would give their life to God and continue to serve God through all the ups and downs. How many know that life can be a roller coaster, but if Jesus is in the car with you, you're going to make it through it? How many know that your boat can rock, but if Jesus is in the boat, he can always step to the bow and say, peace, be still. Amen? So I'm grateful because you can't just have Jesus and know about Jesus. You have to know him personally. It's important to know him personally. See, Peter had walked with Jesus for so long as the disciple, and yet he still did not truly know how to love the way Jesus was trying to instruct him. There's so many times when we can say we love each other, we go to family gatherings, we can strive to do our best, but how many know that we're human and we make mistakes, amen? And sometimes we just need to get a checkup from the neck up, amen? We just need to get a change of mind. We just need to get God in our life to where we say, you know what, I don't know if I can get it all right, but I know that if I put my life in Jesus, if I dedicate myself to Jesus, today we're dedicating some children to the Lord, and I believe that we should give them Jesus, but before you give them Jesus, you have to give yourself to Jesus. You have to give yourself to Jesus, because it's all about him. Years ago, a labor convention in London, someone mentioned the church and the audience hissed and booed at this labor convention from the lowest floor to the highest balcony. When the confusion passed, someone spoke of Jesus of Nazareth and the crowd applauded louder than they had previously booed. Many people who don't care for the church love Jesus, amen? Many people whose religion has failed them still know that Jesus is their savior, amen? And so many people don't care for the church as much as they love Jesus. Religion has done little for them, but Jesus has done everything for us.
I'm thankful that we're not here celebrating creeds and religious items and we're not celebrating images and idols and different things in a temple, but we're standing here today built on the foundation of Jesus Christ. The chief cornerstone, the Bible said, in architectural times in the, in the Old Testament and New Testament, they would find a stone and they would hew it to the perfect dimensions and then they would set that as their cornerstone and they would build the entire building or structure off that one cornerstone. It was the dimensions that made the rest of the house or building true. And in order for you to build a house true, you have to put Jesus as your foundation. In order for you to build anything that has lasting potential, you have to have Jesus in the middle of it. I remember my pastor, every time he'd do a, a wedding, he would come down to the bride and groom and they would be excited, you know, they'd be all dressed up. It was like, let's have, let's have a gathering and let's celebrate our love together. <laughs> and let's pretend we own a kingdom. And we'll be, and I'll be the bride and you be the groom. And we'll have all those come and then we'll have a banquet, you know. And so he's like, he's like trying to bring it down to the very foundation of all of the pomp and circumstance and all of the, the beauty and, and, and love that's being shared. And it's all wonderful, but he's, he's, my pastor was trying to get down to the very basics of what is going on at that wedding. And that is that you're committing to each other for a lifetime. And that in that commitment, there's only one way that you two can stay connected. And that is if Jesus is in the middle. You don't connect to each other in your marriage. You connect to Jesus and Jesus holds you together. You have to understand that when he was doing something so simple as taking a basketball net and he would walk down and he would have, he would have the man hold the blue side of the net. You know those tricolor basketball nets that they had where they were red, white, and blue? Well, it was just convenient that there was the red on top, the white in the middle, and the blue on the bottom, or vice versa. Either way that they mounted it, it would go up that way. And so he would have the man hold the blue side of the net, and he would have the woman hold the red side of the net. And he would say, the only thing that's going to keep this marriage together is if you both hold on to Jesus. Jesus is your foundation, amen? Who can go anywhere or do anything without the Lord? I trust that you understand that Jesus is the most, and be most beautiful thing that ever happened in my life. He is the most beautiful thing. And I'm here today because of my Savior. I was talking to a friend of mine in ministry, and he said, hey, just letting you know, as of January 1, we're no longer going to be pastors of this church. And for a second there, I was like, I wonder what that would be like, to not have to lift the load of of serving others and, and not have, you know what? I would do it anyways. I'd find some place to do it because that's my nature. But, and maybe you would too. Maybe you'd do that too. But what I found out was when you have a calling and when you have a service in your life that you, you feel like you don't, you're not complete unless you're serving something, you have found something so precious because that is the anchor point where Jesus said, that is how you learn to love me, is when you let yourself serve others. I don't care if it's a soup kitchen you go to. I don't care if it's caroling at the nursing home that, you go, that we're going to go to. I don't care where it's at. If you find a place of service, you'll begin to, to feel the love of God well up in your heart, and you'll begin to love people for who they are, not what they can do for you. And you can find yourself truly loving somebody with agape and not with something else that has strings attached. The same crowd that began in the old days to gather in Jerusalem, there was three feasts that were very important 
to them in those times. Those particular feasts meant something to them. It was the Feast of Passover and Pentecost. And, and if you've read your Bible much, you know the Feast of Tabernacles. Even those who gathered there were worshipers that had religious intentions and they flocked to Jerusalem for those particular feasts. But there was a group of people there that time in the scriptures that it had come to Jerusalem and they didn't come for all the things that was happening at the temple. Instead, they asked, where is Jesus? Can I see Jesus? Where is Jesus? The religiously entrenched of that day said the world is gone after this man. They recognized that Jesus had something about him that was going to change the world from A.D. to B.C. He was going to impact the world in such a way that his name is still the most famous name on this planet. He was going to change things forever. And it's so true. Few who seek rules and rituals never find true satisfaction, but we who seek Jesus are satisfied in him. We're satisfied in him. See, in those days, the temple was the citadel of truth, not the word of God, not the Bible that sits in our lap. The apostolic people of those days, they went from house to house, breaking bread and learning of the word. That was what they did. They fellowshiped, and they were in their Bible, learning the word. And they understood that Jesus was superior to all those other religious rules. In Hebrews, it calls him the greater one, the greater one. Oh, how I love to know that if I run out of steam or if I run out of strength, I can go to Jesus, and he helps me. Jesus is greater than the angels. Did you know that? Because he is king of kings, Hebrews tells us, and Lord of lords. Jesus is greater than Moses, the scripture even says. Jesus is greater than Joshua, scripture tells us. Everyone that you would look at in the scripture that did great feats, you can see that it speaks of Jesus being greater throughout the Hebrews. Jesus is greater, greater priest than Aaron because he is sinless and immortal, the Bible says. He's brought something better for us. Did you know that? That when you have Jesus, you have something better to offer your children. You have something better than the world offers. You have something better than anybody can give them because better salvation is mentioned in Hebrews through Jesus. That he is the better hope, amen? That he's the better covenant than they had in the Old Testament and that he's the better sacrifice because we couldn't offer a perfect sacrifice in ourselves, but he was the perfect substitute, amen? How many know that Jesus can save our soul? Amen. It says he's taking us to a better country. Heaven is taking us to a, in, if we ever have to go before the rapture, then we go in the resurrection, a better resurrection. In fact, it says he's got better blood for the blood of Jesus speaks better things than the blood of Abel, scripture tells us. And he's greater, he's better, he's more. All of these different superlatives speak of Jesus in the scripture. That's what Jesus is. And that's why the best thing you can give your kids, you may not give them a college fund, you may not be able to give them the best of life, but if you give them Jesus, you've given them more, greater, and better. Amen? If you've given them Jesus. But the truth of the matter is you cannot give them Jesus until you give them to Jesus. You have to let the Lord have them and put them in his hands. And that includes so much more than just 
living a life. That's analyzing your life every day. Because if he is the most colossal figure in history, and he is in our lives today, then wouldn't it be great if we gave our children back to him? Wouldn't it be great if we dedicated them to him? Since he's the giver of life and liberty and salvation, then we want to give the one creator, the true living God, our children in dedication. The reason why we do this is because of what we see in the scriptures, that we have a propensity to find things outside of Jesus to sell out to, that there's one, there's one thing that if you search deep enough, they say, you would sell out for. And so I brought a bunch of for sale signs because I'm wondering, now this is going to be really awkward because I'm going to come down here. But the Bible says that the devil is a roaring lion seeking whom he may devour. And in devouring, it means that if he can find something that you're willing to sell out for, he's going to seek it and he's going to offer it to you someday. If there is just one thing, you're not for sale. Thank you. Give Carla a big hand. She got the point. You want to just preach my message because we're there. <laughs> yeah. She's going to get. Oh, you're not for sale either? You can give that back? Wow. I'm getting frustrated as the devil. Are you? Can I give? No, no. Are you? Look. You, we're done here. <laughs> we're good. The fortunate thing is the enemy doesn't give you the price tag up front. Whenever you see someone doing things that are supposed to be wonderful and fun and exciting, the enemy doesn't show you the person sitting in the cancer ward whose lungs are eat up with cancer. The, the devil doesn't show you, the enemy of our soul doesn't show you the person with a broken family looking out a window in a hospital bed and there's nobody coming to see them because they're all alone, because they lived an entire life of selfishness. The devil doesn't show you that. The devil just shows you the party life, the fun, the cars, the fame, the good times right now, the meism, the self-driven life. And instead, he doesn't give you the price tag up front. He says, sell out. It's going to be fun. It's really not going to cost you what, it think, what you think it will. But I promise you, it will keep you longer than you wanted to stay. And it will cost you more than you thought you had to pay. But if you give your life to Jesus Christ, he doesn't ask you just to give up your for sale sign. He says, I'm going to put the price tag right out front. I'm going to hang off the front of the cross. The price tag is going to take for you to walk after me because you can't just give the world Jesus. You have to give yourself to Jesus and you have to give your children to Jesus. And in order for that to work, in order for your children to see Jesus the way he really needs to be, you have to live it. You have to desire. You have to take the for sale sign out of your life so that they take the for sale sign out of their life, that they sell out to Jesus entirely. And the only way to sell out to Jesus entirely is a front end load. It's an IRA. You've got to pay up front. You have to go in and pay the price on the way in. In other words, he paid the price for us for salvation, but he says, if anyone will come after me, let them deny themselves. Who in this world is denying themselves nowadays? It's a message that doesn't even 
seem to resonate. But Jesus said, if you want to know what the cost is, you have to take down your for sale sign. And not only that, you have to become mine and you have to walk after me and you have to take up your cross and follow me. That costs you something, brothers and sisters. It's going to take dedication. It's going to take a time for you to understand that there's going to be moments when the enemy's going to come back and say, do you want the for sale sign now? When you're at your lowest moment, he'll offer you a way out and you have to say, no, I'm still not for sale. My children are still not for sale. I'm still dedicated to the Lord and my kids are still dedicated to the Lord. I know sometimes it looks like people have tacked up a for sale sign and they're headed on their way out of the church, but I promise you this, if the dedicated people of the house of God will begin to pray and say, no, you can't take somebody that has the name of Jesus on them. You can't take somebody that's been sold out because Jesus doesn't accept a for sale sign when he's already purchased you with his blood. He will not accept a for sale sign in your life. He will work on it. He'll talk to you about it. He'll encourage you to lay it down. He'll make sure that you understand that if there's a place where you are weak and you want to put a for sale sign up, he'll work with you and he'll help you to take it down and say, no, I didn't go. I'm not going back there. It's, I'm never for sale again. We've done this. We've been there, done that, got the t-shirt, wore it out, washed my car with it. We're done with being for sale because I belong to Jesus. Amen, somebody. Would you stand with me? Sorry, I get loud when I get excited. You'll have to forgive me. I'm Pentecostal by roots. So sometimes I get red in the face because I've seen too many people that were just at their moment of breakthrough, that were just on, almost there. And they said, well, I guess I'll give up. The price was too hard to pay to get to where I wanted to go, so whatever you offer me, I'll, I'll give in to it. And yet, when you just lay down the for sale sign and say, whatever comes, Jesus, whatever you bring to my life, I am yours. I am yours. Would you just bow your heads with me and let me pray over you? Jesus, if there's anyone in this room that needs to remove a for sale sign, I pray they do today. I pray you help them in some place. Maybe there's a temptation in their heart. Maybe right now they're thinking of doing something that will seem like it's fun, but it will cost so much in the end. And I'm praying that they will be strong enough to say, I'd rather pay up front. I'd rather pay for it now. I'd rather dedicate myself now. I'd rather dedicate my child now. I'd rather dedicate my future now. I pray that somebody in here gives themselves to Jesus today and pulls down their for sale sign in any area of their heart. If they don't know there's a place where they're tempted, show them by the power of your spirit today, I pray. In Jesus' name.